It got here quickly, didn't it? It's the stretch run, barely a week to go in the regular season, and there's a lot to still be decided between now and when the playoffs begin. Let's find out who's peaking at the most important time. I'm Dan Schulman, and this is a Swing and a Bell. He swings and pops it foul to the right, and underneath it is Muncie, and the Dodgers win it. So with that, the Dodgers have now clinched a playoff spot in the postseason. First team to do that. Jim Bowden has been in baseball for 35 years. He was the GM of both the Reds and the Nationals. For the last several years, he's been a host on MLB Network Radio, where he has a ton of fun talking baseball. And he also does games on ESPN Radio, which means in a little while I might bump into him from a safe distance in Bristol, Connecticut, as we both do our jobs for the playoffs. Jim, how are you doing these days? I'm doing fine. 2020 certainly has been unique. It's the first year in my life I haven't been to the ballpark. I haven't been into the clubhouse, the manager's office, not around the batting cage. Hmm. Uh, I never remember life like this. So it's been very bizarre, uh, very difficult covering the games. You can only do so much with texts and phone calls and yeah. Zoom conference calls. So it's been challenging to say the least, but staying safe. And I think that's the most important thing. Absolutely. Are you enjoying, once you sit down and just you know, throw yourself into a game and watch a game at night. Are you enjoying the actual baseball as much as you normally do? I'm loving the pennant races for sure. I, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're watching so many games on television, you just miss so much, uh, you know, players first step quickness, their angles, you know, TV monitors can only pick up so much, but it's also fun to really put a lot of uh, the analytics, stat cast, a lot of the video technology into the game uh, because they do a good job of measuring now first step quickness. So uh, you can do a lot of work right after the game on a specific play that you want to look at. So it's been different looking at the game, but mm -hmm. it's uh, been fun. And in terms of the game, yes, I've loved all the new rules, Dan. I love the seven inning double headers. I love the uh, relievers got to face three batters. I love the universal DH. And I'm really excited about the expanded playoffs. And why? Because how about the Reds or the Marlins or the Blue Jays or the Padres or the White Sox or a lot of these teams that have brought the fun to so many different marketplaces? And so I think the expanded playoffs has been a huge success as an industry. That's one of the questions I wanted to ask you. Some people say great success, keeping more markets and more fans interested. And other people say now there's no incentive to be the best team in the league and the number one team in the league doesn't get any real advantage over two, three, four going into the playoffs. Would you tweak it at all going forward or do you like it just as is? No, I would tweak it probably dramatically. I think 16 teams is a little bit too much, to be honest. I do think you have to have a huge advantage if you win your division. I think uh, those teams have to be rewarded. You know, I understand in 2020 why we're doing it this way, but let's be realistic. Uh, anybody can win two out of three. You can take the worst team in baseball mm -hmm. and they can beat the best team in baseball two out of three in any series. We've seen that historically. So the postseason is going to be more of a crapshoot than we've ever seen in the history of baseball. I don't like that, but I do like the idea of getting more teams in the playoffs. And, you know, we need to find a structure that's going to work to reward the teams that win. Because to your point, uh, the Yankees don't have to overtake Tampa Bay to win the World Series here. They're going to get the same two out of three series that Tampa is, as an example. You know, Minnesota doesn't have to worry about catching the White Sox. So, you know, we do have to find a way to 
reward the teams that have the best record and win and wins their divisions. All right. I want to talk about the playoffs in a second, but here's the first question I wrote down when I wrote down a few questions to ask you, and I'm curious what you would say. Let's say that all 30 teams are playing tonight and you can only watch one game. Who's the one team right now that moves the needle more for you? The one team you are most excited about watching on a nightly basis in baseball? Yeah, I mean, in the National League, it's the Padres. In the American League, it's the White Sox. I couldn't come up with one answer, so I did it, uh, you know, <laughs> one in each league. They've been the two, for me, most exciting teams in baseball this year. I think both of them arrived a year earlier than we thought. We thought they would contend this year, but not be legitimate World Series contenders like we're watching. Uh, they're so fun to watch. I mean, when you look at the Chicago White Sox, to watch that lineup every night. And the pitch. High fly ball to deep left field. Back it up as Merrifield turns and watches. It's in the fountain. Splash down out there over the left field wall. And Edwin Encarnacion with a three-run blast. And the pitch to Gonzalez. Line shot into right coming in. His angle, he's got the ball. And this one's over. And Lucas Giolito has thrown a no-hitter here at Guaranteed Right Field. Now the 1-1 pitch. Giolito hits it in the air to right field. Pretty well tagged. Polanco going back, track, wall, leaping, gone! Eloy Jimenez, opposite field, another two-run blast. Brubaker's first pitch, a high fly ball to deep left field. Could this be a two-homer night for McCann? It is! One of the deepest parts of the ballpark. 2-1's a high fly ball to deep right field. Turning around now is Dozier, he'll turn and watch, and this one is gone! It's a walk-off! Yes, money ground all! I mean... They've just been incredible. I mean, they've scored 263 runs as a team. I mean, that's just its the most in the American League by far. Uh, Lewis Robert has been the best rookie in the American League. I'm sorry, Kyle Lewis of Seattle, but to watch the balls he catches in center field and to watch his power. Oh, boy, that's a dart to left field. Way back there. It's number two of the night for Luis Robert. He hits one in the air into deep left field. Gordon chasing back. Track. Wall. Gone! Luis Robert with a walk-off, a three-run shot. Every ball that goes in the air is his. Then maybe he gives you a chance to catch one every now and then, but it is his until you catch it. Apple's drilled to center field. Robert going back, still going at the track. He leaps and makes it look really simple. Down the left field line, into the corner. Not enough foul territory, though, for it to be a triple, you don't think. Robert has a double and his very first four-hit game. I mean, he's lived up to the expectations. Uh, Jose Abreu, arguably the MVP of the league right now, slightly over Nelson Cruz and Luke Boyd. And I wonder what, ready to go. That's a high fly ball. Deep left field. It's a trifecta. Jose Abreu has gone deep for the third time tonight. One, two. Oh, that ball's hammered. Way out of here. Bring him home again. Goodness gracious. Ride the wave with Jose Abreu. Well, you don't see this very often, but we've seen two three-run homers in consecutive innings by Jose. He's driven in seven tonight. He's four for four. Well, you can't make a mistake. Jose Abreu these days. When you do, he really makes you pay. He's been fun to watch him not age at all. So they've been really fun. And the Slam Diego Padres, I mean, who, who would have thought that they would be this dominant? And then they get to the trade deadline and they own it. 
Yeah. And they get Mike Clevenger and they say, okay, I've got Lynette Clevenger, Paddock, get ready for October, everybody. And now they're a legitimate World Series team. So for 2020, in terms of excitement, I think those are the two teams. I still think the best team in baseball, though, remains the Dodgers. All right, so let's start there. The best team in baseball remains the Dodgers. The way the playoff format looks, if they win their first round and the Padres win their first round, they're playing in the second round. That's not a series that's going to happen in the NLCS. It's going to happen in the division series. Do you give the Padres a puncher's chance of winning that series if they get the Dodgers in the playoffs? Yeah, I do give them a chance. I mean, I think the Dodgers will be favorites there. I mean, Kershaw, the way he has rebuilt his repertoire, the way he went to driveline and got his stuff back. I mean, I think Clayton's going to be ready for this particular October. But the Dodgers are very reliant on Kenley Jansen being Jansen in the ninth inning, which, you know, he's given up more earned runs than he has innings pitched in September. You don't know for sure what he's going to do. He doesn't have the same stuff. He's got to locate perfectly to win. And then for the Dodgers to win, they have to rely on two rookies, right? Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin. Yeah. One to your right-hander, native of Justin, Texas, just north of Fort Worth. It's Dustin May on the mound. Yeah, power fastball, 96 to 100. We'll throw a cut fastball, curveball, and occasional changeup. The 0-2. And he gets him swinging, cutting it away. Well, only an 11-pitch first inning. In his first game, he had a 9-pitch inning. But that's about as efficient as he has been so far in 2020. Let's a 2-2 fly to Garcia. And right down the middle at 98, Garcia says, eh, I'm just going to turn around and head back that way. Fifth K for me. Comes back to get him at 98. That thing started at his knee and broke back over the inside corner for his seventh K, which ties a career high. He's got this pitch. Come back, sinker to lefties. He can run it in on righties. Fourth start of the season for Tony Gonsolin in a spotless line so far. No runs in 14 and two-thirds. So a base runner on to get things started. Swing and a miss on that split change, one out. If they win a world championship, that's all we're going to talk about is May and Gonsolin and what they did because the Dodgers have all the other elements. Now, as you mentioned the Padres, there's no doubt in my mind that Lamette, Clevenger, and Paddock, if they're pitching to their best ability – they can beat anybody on any single night. So if they get to that matchup, it's going to be must-watch television. It's going to be an incredible series. I would give the edge to the Dodgers because I think they're the best team in the sport, but that doesn't mean in a short series that San Diego can't upset them. The National League standings are really in some ways more compelling, I think, than the American League standings, certainly at the back end of the playoff picture. you got a bunch of teams around 500 who are battling to get those last couple of spots. So when you look at teams whether it's the Phillies, the Mets, the Brewers, the Reds, the Giants, does one of those teams in that group stand out to you as the most dangerous and maybe a team that could even knock off the Dodgers if they played them in the first round of the playoffs? Did you include the Reds in that list? I did. Great. That's where I'm going then. (laughs) They have the starting pitching to upset everybody and be the shocker. And we could be sitting there in late October going, how'd they get here? This makes no sense. But that's how good... Trevor Bauer has been this year, dominating. Trevor Bauer to face Brett Phillips. Fastball right down Broadway, strike three. So with 22 pitches, Bauer has set down the first seven, and now he gets Adalberto Mondesi. Swing and a miss, just flat blew him away. The velocity keeps creeping up for Bauer, two downs. 
So here's Deloria, swing and a miss, and that indeed is the side being struck out for Bauer. Royals are still without a hit. The Reds were without a hit in game one until the sixth inning. Brett Phillips, strike three called, fastball again, locks up Brett Phillips. And that's seven strikeouts now for Trevor Bauer. Not sure what it is about these back end of these seven inning double headers, but Bauer is the master of it here in 2020. Strike three called backdoor breaking ball. Froze O'Hearn. Nine strikeouts for Trevor Bauer. This one driven into right. Irvin has it and that'll do it. A one hit complete game shutout for Trevor Bauer and Olo. What we got here? We got the send it shirt as he returns to Kansas City, but this time he walks off the field in much happier fashion. Anyone that's watched Luis Castillo's last three starts looks like a Cy Young Award candidate. So forget the four starts before that. His last three starts, he's he's been an ace. He's he's been a one. Mm -hmm. So they're a scary team. Are they a good defensive team? No. Does their bullpen concern me? Yeah. Does their defense concern me? Yeah. But again. We talk about a short series. My history has been in the postseason. And like you, Dan, I've been covering all of them for over a decade. When I sit there, I always end up talking about the starting pitchers that are there. It's always about starting pitching. And the Reds have that. So I think if there's one of that group that you just talked about that could surprise people, uh, it would be the Reds for me. You know, it's funny, a team that, and, and they're, they're above that group, they're, they're likely going to win their division, but a team that I don't hear people talking about a whole lot is Atlanta. And I think a lot of people thought the Braves would go out and, and get a starting pitcher at, at the trade deadline, which they didn't. We know that Hamels is back now. We know Freed is going to be okay. Uh, we know Ian Anderson has made a couple of great starts. Is that enough for Atlanta to have a deep run in the playoffs? I'll tell you this. If Soroka, Freed, and Ian Anderson were all healthy and going, Atlanta might be the favorite. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyone that watched Soroka, Freed, and Anderson throw this year, I mean, you're talking about three number ones is what they've looked like. So they're a scary team. And, of course, they're a great defensive team, and they have great power, and they have offense, and they've got the chemistry going on, and they're managed extremely well. But I don't know what they're going to look like in a short series. I mean, as you mentioned, you've got to rely on Ian Anderson. I don't know if Hamels can get anybody out. We're going to find out. They're hoping Max Freed can come back. But again, you know, how are we going to know until we get there? Um, so I think it's going to be challenging. I think their team is a lot better than how we're all envisioning it. And it's mainly because of the injuries to Freed and Soroka. They're a totally different team if those two guys are in the rotation. And staying in that division, I can't believe there's zero attention to the Marlins, who are going to finish in second place, I believe, ahead of the Phillies, getting into the playoffs. Uh, and they've got a young phenom in Sixto Sanchez that, oh, by the way, is an ace who can beat any lineup on any night as well. And they've got really good pitching. Don't love their lineup, but they're scrappy, and they can pitch. And they're another team that... Laugh all you want. They could upset you in a two out of three series. Let's go to the American League. And you talked about the White Sox being so fun. Are they too young to win in October? Or do you believe, is that even a thing? Is there such a thing as being too young to win in October these days? I mean, I don't think it can be too young to win. I mean, I remember we won the World Series in 1990. We were really young. uh, And we beat the Bash Brothers and swept them. I mean, I, I don't think youth really matters. I mean, the White Sox, their lineup... Those kids are mature, they're confident, uh, they know they belong with anybody. So I, I don't worry about that. To me, 
the issue is going to be, is their starting pitching going to hold up in a tough series? And how are some of their younger hitters going to do against the elite pitching when you've got to beat Garrett Cole, when you got to beat Blake Snell? You know, how are you going to perform in that arena? I'm not going to pick them to to go to the World Series, but certainly I think they're a fun team and they can score a lot of runs. But, you know, I, again, I don't I don't know what they're starting pitching, how that's going to match up. Right. Uh, because I do Blue Jays games, I've seen a lot of the Tampa Bay Rays this year. Every single year, I'm just incredibly impressed with what Kevin Cash does and how good they are and how versatile they are and how deep they are. And they've had a ton of pitching injuries. Some guys aren't coming back. Some guys are. And, you know, with Morton, Snell, Glass now, if each of them is at his best, it's a formidable trio. But we don't know if each of them will be at their best going into the playoffs. But you know you're going to get so many good arms coming out of the bullpen. I always thought this kind of crazy year played right into the Rays' hands. The crazier things are, the happier the Rays are, because they're used to doing things a different way. How do you like their chances going into the playoffs this year? I love their chances as long as the top three starters do as you say. If they're healthy and pitching at their best, I mean, I can easily see them going all the way. I love their manager, Kevin Cash. I think he's one of the better managers in the game. I love his matchups, his communication skills. I love the defense that they've put out there. I love the energy. Uh, everybody has a role. No one complains about the role. There's a lot of platooning all over the field. You know, I think there are times, though, and they're going through it right now, where they're challenged offensively. And that's going to be the issue because they're going to be able to pitch and play defense with anybody. You know, when we covered them last October, you know, they went up against the Houston Astros. And, you know, the Astros lineup was too much for, for Tampa. Tampa pitched with them but the lineup was just a little bit too much for them. And that's going to be the question, depending on who they're matched up with, is are they going to face a lineup that, you know, they just can't beat? You know, they're going to get the Twins or the White Sox or the Yankees and the lineup gets them beat, but they're capable of getting there. I think the only concern I have is, are they going to score enough runs against the good pitching in the short series? As you mentioned, a team like the Yankees, they don't have to overtake the Rays to put themselves in a good spot for the playoffs. Get in, figure it out, and if you're playing well, you can win a two out of three and you can have a good run in October. You know, the Yankees were pretty bad for about three weeks, and for a day or two, it was like, hey, the Orioles are, are right in their rearview mirror. Now they're the Yankees again, and they're scoring a ton of runs. How dangerous are they going into October? Well, I mean, like most analysts, I, I had Yankees-Dodgers in the World Series in March, it's hard for me to go against that even now because I think they're the best team in the game if they're healthy. They haven't been healthy and they had to figure some things out. You know, I mean, Garrett Cole went through that period of hiccup until they figured out, okay, let's get Kyle Hishioga to catch him. So he's caught him the last three games and it's been 20 innings, 27 strikeouts, three earned runs and walk off the field. Strike three, Severino down looking and he knew it. So we got our ace now. Swing and a miss as Nunez down on strikes. Well, I tell you, you can see that, that Garrett Cole has had the ability to get ahead, and he is putting people away. Another breaking ball just off the outside corner. Again, not ideal situations to hit with the shadows, but Garrett Cole, so far, good fastball and a good slider to go with it. But it's uh, Cole and Higashioka. And they gave him all that money to win that game one and and eventually maybe a game seven losing Paxton for the year is certainly going to hurt them but I think Tanaka has so much postseason experience he'll keep in the game and then the question is who's going to start game three 
probably be a bullpen game. You know, do, do you start Hap? Do you stop Montgomery? I guess who's pitching best the last couple of starts going into the postseason? You know, that's going to be a question. But they're getting healthy and they're scary when they're healthy. I mean, Luke Voigt has been an MVP candidate with Jose Abreu and Nelson Cruz all year. He leads the league in home runs. Luke Voigt wraps one deep into right center field. There it goes. See ya. Back to back to back. 20th home run for Voigt. And the Yankees are pouring it on as they lead 7-2. And now you got Stanton back. Now you got Judge back. You got Glaber Torres back. I mean, they're getting healthy and they've won seven in a row and they're playing great at, at the same time. And they've already surpassed Tampa Bay in run differential. Now, granted, that's because of hitting nine million home runs over the last few days, which has put them ahead. But they're well managed by Aaron Boone. And I just feel like the talent is there. So Yankees, Tampa Bay, you know, 1A, 1B. Give me your thoughts because uh, obviously I, I call Blue Jays games. A lot of listeners to this podcast are in Canada. Give me your thoughts on on the Blue Jays. Not necessarily, you know, whether they can make a run in October, but just where you where you see them right now, based on what you've seen uh, through this this part of the season so far. Well, I think it's really been fun to watch. I mean, this is you know, if you had asked me to add a third team to White Sox Padres, it's exciting to watch. I, I love watching this team. I love the young players. I feel bad about the setback that Bo Bichette had during the year. Cause I mean, that's a difference maker for this team. And then you had Teoscar Hernandez having his breakout year. You had his injury. I mean, those things were kind of devastating, but when this team was healthy, really fun to watch. Uh, you were the only one two years ago. Yeah. Two and a half years ago when you told me how good Lord S. Gurdiel was going to be when everyone else was saying he was a utility player. Well, he certainly lived up to what you told me he was going to be. I love the position players here. I, I think it's exciting. You got more position players coming, which is fun. And then it's about building the rotation. And I know that Mark Shapiro deserves credit. He's tried. You know, he brings in Hunjin Ryu. He's lived up to expectations. He, he did a great job at the trade deadline. I mean, outside of the Padres, the Blue Jays did the next best job and be, to be able to get, you know, Robbie Ray and Taiwan Walker. I mean, he doing everything he can to, to try to give them a shot. So I like the direction they're in. I just think it's going to be 2021 when we're really talking about Toronto. I think they've got a little bit more work to do. And of course, getting healthy is going to be obviously a big part of that. Yeah, one of the fun games Blue Jays fans play is uh, guess the batting order for 2021 when everyone is healthy. It's a really fun game, actually, because, you know, you can have Guriel third or seventh. You can have Vladdy fourth or sixth. You can have guys all over the place because they've got uh, a lot of depth on the position player side. But as you say, uh, they've been fun. Uh, hopefully they, they hang on to a playoff spot and get that experience, and that helps them going forward. Uh, last question, Jim. No off days in the division series. No off days in the LCS. We understand why they're doing this, but does that favor a particular team or a particular type of team in your mind this year? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the deeper the rotation, the better. I mean, when we get to the first wildcard series, it's going to be we've got the best two starters, maybe three, but you're going to look at you don't care about anyone except that, right, in the bullpens. But when you're talking about no off days and you're going to go all the way through, well, then – Obviously, the deeper the rotation, the stronger the bullpen, the better the manager, the better the advantage. I think it's just kind of as simple as that. And so you're still sitting Yankees-Dodgers as as we talk right now? 
Yeah, I've got to I've got to stay there. I I love watching Dustin May and Gonsolin. Me too. I mean, when I watch Dustin May's ninety nine two seamer in on right hand hitters, kicks and fires another O two and ninety nine mile per hour two seam that broke like two and a half feet. Machado swings over the top of it to finish off a ridiculously filthy one two three first. I have no idea how they could even put the bat on the ball. It's unbelievable to watch. So their lineup is deep. It's strong. But, you know, what, third in baseball in runs, and yet Bellinger and Muncie haven't hit yet? I mean, they're saving their hits for October. I mean, this is going to be a scary team. They got too much depth, too much range, too many superstars on that team, a great vibe, a great feel, unbelievable clubhouse. Uh, and they got those young arms that, boy, you put them with Kershaw. My only real concern with that team is the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. Is Jansen going to be okay? If you tell me Jansen's okay, I think we're going to have a parade in La La Land, and it's not going to just be for the Lakers. Jim, appreciate this as always. Uh, always love listening to you on MLB Network Radio, and uh, see you on campus in a couple of weeks, it sounds like. Look forward to it, Dan. Thanks so much for having me. Not sure I know anybody who loves baseball more than Jim Bowden. Passionate about it knowledgeable about it, opinionated about it, checks all the boxes. I'm looking forward to seeing him during the playoffs as he and I each call some games for ESPN Radio through October. October figures to be as wild as the regular season has been, but just glad that it looks like baseball is going to get to the finish line and we will have a World Series. This episode of A Swing and a Belt was produced by Amil Delich. We'd love you to subscribe or leave a like or a comment or reach out to us in any way. Lots to talk about with the playoffs right around the corner. I'm Dan Schulman.